Welcome back to the She is Fierce radio show. Today we are talking with the impressive Heather Vreeland. Heather is the co-founder of the Occasions Media Group and mom to Asher. She works alongside her husband and co-founder, Andrew, on two different magazines and online properties, The Celebration Society, a wedding resource and magazine that reaches new brides and grooms across the South, and St. Augustine Social, a local magazine that features all the movers and shakers and interesting things going on in our mutual hometown of St. Augustine, Florida. Heather, welcome. Thanks so much, Kelly. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So you know, and you have known for a long time, that I'm so impressed with everything that you're doing. Um, and you know that this show is all about women who are making big things happen. So we have women from all different walks of life who are all doing their own thing. And to me, you're really the embodiment of someone who is doing it her own way, right? So almost I 10 tried. years ago, <laughs> so I, almost 10 years ago, you and your husband created one small wedding magazine, right? Yes. And that's now turned into two thriving, growing magazines and an online business. So I know a lot of people who meet you probably ask you this. And I know a lot of people who are listening to the show are going to be wondering, okay, well, how did you do it? So can you share a little bit about your background? You know, did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was it something that you just loved weddings and that's how you got into it? How did you actually get started? Oh my goodness. It's a long, complicated story and it's a little bit of everything. (laughs) Um, I never knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I love work and I love being creative and I love contributing to the greater good. Um, but I never really felt the desire to become an entrepreneur until after I had graduated college and I was working in uh, my first kind of real job, which was the director of marketing at Debbie's Day Spa and Salon. Um, I got the idea after I was working there for a while um, about wanting to start a city magazine for St. Augustine. This was back in 2004, I would say. Um, And, you know, I was their marketing person, so I met with all the local, I met with the paper and um, Jacksonville magazines and anybody who was selling advertising, they had to go through me for Debbie's Day Spa. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, you know, there was not a city magazine for St. Augustine back then. And I thought to myself, well, geez, I know graphic design. I know what the business owner is looking for as far as what their current desires are to reach local residents. I just want to make a magazine. But at this time I was 24 years old. I was going to say, you don't seem old enough to have done this in 2004. Um, I had no money, no experience, um, but I had what was called chutzpah, Mm -hmm. which Debbie always told me I had, Um, and that has really kind of of gotten me to where I'm at now. You know, back in that day, I never did make the magazine. I ended up um, meeting my husband uh, while I was working there, and we got engaged and married and moved to Atlanta for his new job, um, which um, Andrew was an air traffic controller with the FAA. Uh, for the past 10 years, uh, also while we were building our company. Oh, but wow. um, I think it was through Andrew and his family that I started to, you know, I had this little seed of like, geez, St. Augustine really needs a city magazine. And um, he comes from a, a long family of entrepreneurs um, and just kind of learning um, about, you know, what his dad's company was like. Um, and he just is very, has always been very supportive and like, uh, okay, yeah, let's do that type of personality. And uh, we always joke, um, 
his friends at the FAA would ask him, like, geez, how'd you guys start this magazine? And he would say, you know, my wife is a genius and I have a loose wallet. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really your vision that kind of brought this to life and his passion for supporting you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So on our first date, you know, he asked me if money and time were no object, what would you do? And I said, I would make a magazine for St. Augustine. And of course, um, like I said, we never ended up doing that at the time because we moved away. But when we did get to Atlanta, um, I remember on my last day of work at Debbie's Day Spa, he sent me flowers with a card that said happy retirement. And I laughed out loud. I was like, huh, that's really funny. Like I'm 24. I'm not really ready to have kids. Like that's not even like in our plan. Um, I have this big college degree. I almost felt like guilty for like mm-hmm. not being a working wife, you know? Mm-hmm. So when we got to Atlanta, I, I knew that I didn't want to work in the spa industry. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just started looking for a job and I couldn't find one. So um, I took a few kind of, you know, just out minimum wage type jobs to uh, keep me busy. And that really, and I started to kind of um, look at what kind of um, opportunities were in Atlanta. And uh, I stumbled upon a wedding venue, actually, that was right outside of our neighborhood where we had just moved to. And I told Andrew, I was like, we should totally buy that house and make that house a wedding venue. Oh, wow. Um, so Andrew and I, you know, it we started working on this big um business plan to buy this wedding venue in Atlanta after we moved there and we went uh, we have an extensive business plan which ironically I kid you not this actually happened today I threw that business plan away at the dump at the St. John's County dump today did you just <laughs> find it and decided thing. literally we've been cleaning out our house you know it's the new year cleaning out your house um, everything and I found it and I was like why do I still have this hilarious and I threw it away today did you take a picture so you could remember what it looked like oh my gosh I remember everything I don't (laughs) need a picture for that anyway um so we went through the whole process we almost got financing we put an offer on the house and there was some problems with the negotiation of buying this actual house and uh, the owners like wouldn't come off the price we didn't want to spend more and I just got this like gut feeling I was like you know I feel like this is going to be like a ball and chain this is not the right project for us so when we went back to the drawing board of this business plan, I'm like, hey, let's find a different house. Where can we find a different house and make it a wedding venue? It really opened my eyes up to how do you market a wedding venue in Atlanta? And that is where everything changed for us. Because when I was paying attention to the marketing avenues in Atlanta for weddings, there was just, you know, the knot. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, at this time, wedding wire wasn't even really a big thing. Yeah, I remember so, when I was looking to get married, not having a whole lot of resources. Obviously I wasn't in Atlanta, yeah. but I, but I know what you're talking about. There wasn't a whole lot of options for somebody who's really trying to figure out what the heck they're doing. Yeah. And at that time, a whole lot of options on the internet. You know, there were a lot of small local bridal publications, but for me, if I'm sitting at home and Googling things, there wasn't a strong resource. And especially for somebody who's about to buy a venue, who's wondering, okay, I can book weddings, but how do I book all the other events and where do I market to those people? So that was kind of what got me thinking. And I was like, you know what? I think we should make a magazine. Hey, the magazine um, that we were going to originally start in St. Augustine, let's make one here in Atlanta, but let's not start it with a magazine. Let's start online with a digital component and, and be that directory for planning an event. Mm-hmm. Um, which when I say it out loud now, um, 10 years later, I think, are you crazy? Like, well, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty ambitious. It really is. A huge, ambitious um, project, but I was naive and dumb. (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes that's the best way to start. That's the best way to start. So um, lo and behold, we 
um, you know, paid a web developer and a graphic designer to build this website, this vision. You know, if you look at Atlanta, Metro Atlanta is comprised of 28 different counties, Mm -hmm. 28 counties, the same size as St. John's County. So Metro Atlanta is giant. So even though you live within what people would call Atlanta, whoever lives in, let's say, Henry County is far different than somebody who lives on the north side in, let's say, Cumming. So I was like, well, geez, if I'm planning a wedding and I'm Googling things, um, I want to be able to decipher, like, what part of Atlanta is this in and just make the process a little bit more smoother for a bride on the Internet. Sure. And um, so we launched that. And pretty much the day that it launched, I started cold calling people and going to bridal shows, going to networking. I had never sold a lick of advertising before in my life. I had never, you know, I'd done networking through WCS Bob, but um, I quickly learned that I was actually a really good advertising salesperson. I mean, that's probably because I had like complete ownership in the product. Yeah, you're very so I could invested, communicate right? <laughs> really effectively. And what I started to realize is that I'm really good at networking. I'm really good at listening to what the customer wants and being able to tweak our product based off of that. Mm-hmm. So I was quickly able to make shifts and changes and moves based off what, what the market wanted. And I realized that people were buying from us for very inexpensive web ads that were like $49 a month. And then they were going and they were buying $5,000 ad contracts with the local bridal magazine. And I was like, I mean, I can make a magazine. Like I want to sell $5,000 contracts. I want to sell $49 contracts. So I, I, I will I never forget this day where I came home and I was like, I feel like we should make a magazine. Yes, we just started this um this website six months ago. Um, but this was two thousand and nine when magazines were closing down. It was like no one's spending money in advertising. Left and right you hear magazines going out of business. And what yeah. that did for me is it provided um a hole in the market. I remember sitting at my computer making the media kit of what this magazine was, and I created the, ma- the media kit, and literally the next day, just like I did six months earlier starting the website, started calling people and said, hey, Atlanta Occasions is doing so great. We're going to be starting a magazine, and it's launching in June and sending out rate cards. And I'll never forget people were like, you're crazy. I can't believe you're starting a magazine now. But people bought from us. And after the first issue came out, a lot of people bought from us and it kept growing and growing and growing. And sooner or later we had the number one bridal um, and special event publication in Atlanta because we weren't just weddings. Remember we called ourselves occasions back then. So it was bar mitzvahs, birthday parties, weddings, you name it, any type of like stylish event. We had a complete vendor guide and venue guide and so on and so forth. And um, I'll never forget, um, you know, we, we got picked up by Barnes and Noble and um, all the major retailers. And um, all the, I, have, I have had, since then, I've had other small publishers call me and ask me, well, how do you get into Barnes and Noble? And I was like, I just Googled it. <laughs> I Googled it. I went to their website. I dug down to the, the depths of their website to find the secret hidden number that to told me, hey, if you want your magazine sold on stands, here's how you pitch it. And I did that over and over again and, um, you know, was able to have our magazine side by side, all all the big ones, you know, right besides the knot. So, yeah. Well, listen, Heather, what a cool story about how you got started, how you created something really out of almost not even your original idea, right? Yeah, it really, it shifted. Yeah. So what was it about publishing that drew you in, Um, you know, you were going from a venue um, and now you're in print. What was that, that feel for you? 
I've learned that I am um, a natural marketer. Marketing any type of company comes very natural to me. So when it comes to a publication, I can work with a lot of different businesses that way, and I can make sure that I have control over where that publication goes. And same thing with our website. I have control over how many visitors come to that website based off of what we're doing in search engine marketing and advertising of that site. So instead of just going, instead of having one company, let's say a wedding planning, I could have been a wedding planner, um, but I would only have been... um, or have only been using that kind of um, talent, that marketing talent of mine just on that sole business. So being in the publishing realm, I can go to all these different businesses, ask them what their objectives are, um, you know, provide them an ad that suits their needs and make sure it performs for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, besides that, I, I love magazines. I love books. I think it's the smell of the glue. Something <laughs> about it is just very sexy. And, you know, people, there's a strong respect um, for media um, because it's a little elusive, you know, it's not every day that somebody says, oh, hey, I'm going to make a magazine. Yeah, it's such a um, cool visual, physical medium. Yeah. And, you know, I went to school for journalism. I had, I always wanted to be Katie Couric, <laughs> um, but I quickly learned when I got to school and I was in this communications degree that, whoa, I kind of don't really like seeing myself on video. This is awkward to me. And I, the, in the road to hoe yeah. career-wise in order to get to be a Katie Couric was, it's rough. Not something that I was set out for. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to talk with Heather about entrepreneurship, grit, and what it really takes to make something big happen. So we are back with Heather Vreeland, the co-founder of Occasions Media Group, the Celebration Society Magazine, and St. Augustine Social Magazine. So Heather, I want to talk some more about entrepreneurship. You are really in a groove now, right? You, um, you've got everything going. You've got two businesses running, but you must have had some real hiccups along the way. Can you share some of the things that maybe didn't go right for you when you first started out? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, I feel it might look like I'm in a groove, but I still have <laughs> hiccups. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that um, uh, I was not, you know, it takes time to become a good manager. And when you start a business, you immediately become a manager of that business. Not just like you're the operator of the business, but now that you're the leader of the business, you are the janitor of the business, you are the accountant of the business. And um, I think I wasn't really prepared for the, um, the leadership role that I would play with my team that started working for me. And that has always been a struggle of mine because I'm, even though like I'm in this, it's, with when you have a magazine, you're immediately pummeled to the to the front of the you know popularity scope. People expect for you to be very outgoing, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're the publisher of a magazine, like busybody out and about at all these events. And naturally, that's not me. I'm very much an introvert. I have a very small group of like close knit friends, and the people that I am close with or that I work with um, very well, I consider them to be um, you know very special to me which is very hard when there's that employer employee relationship. Yeah. And it's always been a very funky gray line that never ends well. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just be honest. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's been very difficult um, for me growing. So one of the very first employees that we had and we grew, we didn't have a lot of employees in the beginning. We had one, Um, you know, setting expectations, communicating those expectations and, and setting and telling what the circumstance, what the end result would 
would be if you did not reach those expectations. I wish I would have had the education to um, um, know to set those guidelines in the very beginning so that the it didn't feel so awkward to me having to fire somebody yeah. or having to say, Hey, this is a real problem because you didn't do X, Y, and Z. And because of that, we're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's always been a struggle. So every new person that joins our team, I learn a little bit uh, more and more every single time. Yeah. That's and, such an um, interesting point. Cause I know even with she is fierce because we're growing so quickly, sometimes we will, we have so many women that, that are working on our projects and, we might have a goal in January and by March we're like that goal is way past and we're, we're trying to do something else. And it's often hard just to keep people on track with what your mindset is, right? Yeah, it really is communicating what's in my brain and then all the steps it takes for, for somebody else to implement. And for me to delegate those tasks is always a challenge. Like I'll look at my team and be like, did what I just say make sense? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will email it to them because I communicate much better via, you know, writing things down um, versus going round and round in my thoughts and, and trying to, you know, speak them to my team. Um, but for the most part, everyone's very patient. But we have, you know, I have always worked for small businesses my whole entire life. I've never worked in a corporate setting. So um, that is very much the environment that we have at our office is small, small business feels like a small family type mm-hmm. of thing. And for some people excel in that environment and some people don't. So um, for me, it's a matter of just um, getting better at my hiring practices, like my interviewing skills when I'm meeting with it, when we're like, okay, hey, we're ready to grow this family, essentially, who's going to be the next person we bring in, um, getting better at the interview process and making sure that, um, you know, the people that we do find are precisely what we're looking for and they're good personality match. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, once I do have them in there, being able to um, set that boundary between like employee, employer, like friend, boss, which I just have generally always been bad out. I want to be their friend and all that. Fun stuff, yeah, of course. For setting rules, really difficult. But well, I've you... identified that that is not what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, that's okay. So how do you feel like you keep the momentum going? So I know so many women that I talk to, women even that we've already interviewed on this show, talk about those hurdles and that time that you come to, you know, maybe it's something with leadership or maybe it's a financial thing, or maybe it's just a growth spurt and we come up against a hurdle and then it's so hard to kind of get your momentum back. Do you have any tips or tricks of things that you've done that really help you keep going? Um, I, I just keep swimming. I literally, <laughs> I just keep swimming. Um, no, one of the things that I do, I do like a, a, a weekly brain dump. So I carry this notepad, notebook with me that has a bunch of really nice organized notes in it. And it has a bunch of like crazy, beautiful mind notes in it, essentially, where I am just like scribbling. And sometimes I will write down like stuff clogging up my brain and just start writing the first thing that comes to mind so that then I can look at this, um, the list of complications within our company and say, okay, what can I edit? What does not necessary right now so I can prioritize these tasks? Um, something that I did at the beginning of 2016, which I feel like was so helpful for me and our team, was I made pre-designed um, to-do list templates. Um, hey, Mommy, I have to go <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's what it's like. We're going to talk about motherhood in the next segment. <laughs> of being, it's the truth of being a mother and Aww. an entrepreneur all at the same time. So, you know, one of my favorite recent books was Grit 
by Angela Duckworth. And it's all about how it's not really intelligence or talent that really sets people apart from one another, even though, of course, those things can help. But it's really the level of grit that they have and how they approach their lives. So I want to ask you this tough question. What is the grittiest thing that you've had to do as a business owner, a mom, just a person? Okay. So I would I there's been a lot of gritty things, obviously, um, you do to just kind of keep up with the motion of staying in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I feel like um, taking the reins as the creative lead in our company, as being the graphic designer, is probably the grittiest. And the reason why I say that is because I am not a trained graphic designer. I did not go to school. Um, I have no real training in it. Um, when I was working at WSA Spa, uh, I remember they bought the Adobe Creative Suite and they said, hey, can you design some ads? Here's the program. And I remember just sitting there learning it and knowing just truly surface details on how to create an ad um, at that role. And when we decided to start the magazine, um, I remember for the first issue, we hired a graphic designer and I sat beside her for like two weeks straight, just kind of watching her movements and watching how she used the program. Um, and you know, guiding her, um, direction on how I wanted things to look because I have a very creative, um, visual mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had never laid a magazine out before in my life. So we did pay her in the first issue for the first issue to create that. But when it came time for the second issue, I was like budget strapped (laughs) and feeling like, Hey, I got to make this magazine. I don't really have a lot of money to spend, um, you know, paying this graphic designer. I have worked in, uh, in design once before in my life. So I think I'm going to make the magazine myself. And I literally, um, I did that and I hired her to come and at the very end, right before I was sending it to proof to make sure that I did things correctly and what I needed to do to export the pages and get it right. And since I did that, that was in the end of 2009, I've made every single issue of every magazine that we put together. Oh my goodness. Um, and so from somebody not being a trained graphic designer to all of a sudden ha- becoming very skilled in graphic design and, and being able to implement my vision as it matured over time into making like really sexy magazines, I would call them. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you have your you have pretty style. They have a very distinctive style to them. So you've obviously picked up <laughs> design along the way. Yeah. And you know. I, I have always been a creative person, but I've never, I never was like, I am creative. I definitely want to be an artist or I definitely want to be a graphic designer. It's just something I've slowly but surely started to learn about myself as I opened myself up to those possibilities and said, you know what? Hey, I'm going to try this out. Let me, um, let me see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And I think that just is, um, you know, a true testament to doing what you have to do to get the job done. And, you know, I remember one issue, I made the whole entire issue. It was, it was Thanksgiving day, a week before we were set to go to print. And we, I got a wild hair that I wanted to rearrange my home office. So as my husband and I were moving our desk around, my computer disconnected from the external hard drive that was, that had the magazine saved on it and it corrupted the entire file. And because I was so inexperienced, I hadn't saved a copy through the whole entire process. Um, so I had to rebuild the entire magazine a week before we were set to go to print. But let me tell you this, every magazine I made after that, I have a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. (laughs) So you learned a really good lesson. (laughs) You learn. Oh my goodness. And it's just, Sometimes if you don't know how to do it, you just Google it and you figure it out and you make it happen. 
Well, when we come back with you, Heather, we're going to talk more about motherhood, being a business owner, pulling it all together, trying to find some sense of balance. And I can't wait to hear your take on it. So welcome back. We're talking to Heather Vreeland, the co-founder of Occasions Media Group and mom to Asher. Now, Heather, you started the Celebration Society while you were living in Atlanta. It's a pretty big market with a lot of potential feature content and advertisers. And then a few years ago, you decided to move from Atlanta back to your hometown and mine of St. Augustine, Florida. What prompted that move? What made that choice? Because you didn't give up on everything that you were doing in Atlanta. You actually kept going, but you added a whole nother piece to it. A whole nother complicated layer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, Andrew and I have always wanted to come back to St. Augustine. When we were living in Atlanta, we knew that that would not be our forever home. And when I was pregnant with Asher, my hormones were just out of whack. I was like, I want to be closer to my family. I want to be closer to my friends. I don't care. Let's rearrange our entire lives while I am growing a human inside of me. (laughs) And let's just make it happen. And by the grace of God, Andrew was able to get a a transfer with the FAA. And um, we did. We transferred down here. We're happy to be closer to our friends and family and, um, you know, be a part of the St. Augustine Augustine culture. We just um, feel... Uh, this this place is home. So is Andrew still working with FAA while you guys are doing all of this on the side? Um, no, Andrew retired from the FAA in 2014, shortly after Asher was born. Um, there was a little bit of um, lifestyle change, like, oh, hey, I have a new baby, and now I'm going to leave my baby for five days a week, 10 hours a day um, to go work, yeah. and I'm going to miss so much of his life. Um, so we really had this like family talk of like, what's our vision for our family? You know, do we want to be, um, on the hamster wheel, um, as much as we were at the time, our company was growing, um, with the celebration society magazine that we have. And we really asked ourselves like, you know, is this necessary? You know, it's, it's a big decision to leave a big government job, especially an air traffic control yeah, uh, position, because everyone knows they're very limited and they're very lucrative. But um, we definitely decided that um, in order for our business to be able to take the next step and continue growing, that we had to take that safety net away. Mm-hmm. And it was important for our family, and it's important for Andrew to be present and be a part of Asher and not kind of miss that the experience of him growing up. So, um, you know, we were looking to grow our portfolio of magazines, I guess you could say, and and really go back to that original vision we had talked about on our first date. So um, Andrew retired from the FAA in the middle of 2014. And at that same time, we decided, hey, we're going to launch St. Augustine Social. So, and we did. We literally, like, you know, did the same thing I did in 2009, created the media kit, um, put together what the vision would be and just started cold calling people and showing up and having meetings and saying, hey, this is our vision, our new vision for this magazine. So now we're seeing different from what already exists. Um, here's a demographic that we're going to reach that we don't feel like is being met right now. And, um, you know, here's what to expect. And people loved it. Um, you know, the first, it, it's always been a profitable venture for us, which is helpful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and the having the community support, you know, you always know that you have the community support when you have a good advertiser base. So I'm mm-hmm. um, seeing that advertiser base grow more and more. Every issue um, just continues to fuel the fire that we have for making this, this really cool magazine for our town. 
Well, it's so cool that your story starts with going on that first date and having that conversation and then coming all the way back around to doing what you had originally talked about and making it happen. How has being a mom impacted the way that you're approaching things? You know, you talked a little bit about finding that balance within your family, but I know as a mom of two, it's intense, right? (laughs) Yeah, which is why I don't have two kids and I just have one. (laughs) Hey, one is Um, enough. Yeah, but... um... I'm sorry. Did I? Are no, you no. Talking? I was just going to say, how do you, how do you handle that? You've got all the pressure. You know, you you've just talked about how you're the one who creates all the design, and you have a lot of responsibility there. How do you make that happen? Um, I batch tasks big time. So, like, I I have a whole annual calendar that I have, and I have I have colored out the days that I know that is going to be design intensive for me. So I know, like, hey, don't expect to do something else that mm-hmm. that week because you'll be strictly focusing on this. So I just. I don't fill my calendar with things that, so I can say, okay, I'm focusing strictly on design this week. Okay. Now that the magazine's done, I can do some administrative like housekeeping tasks this week, or I know I'm going to be out on location on photo shoots this week. Um, as far as like work, that's been huge. The one thing that motherhood has greatly affected my work is that I don't work nearly as much as I used to. I work from nine o'clock to about two thirty in the afternoon. And then that is it. That's great. Um, yeah. And that is a, that is a, stark contrast of what my life used to be like when it was like I would work all day long because I didn't have anything preventing me from working um which now looking back on it was super unhealthy because I wasn't being nearly as efficient as I'm able to be right now Mm -hmm. so one of the great things um now is that you know because I know I have a limited schedule I I have to um, work and get everything done that I need to get done on my task list within that time frame. Yeah, I love that because I think that, um, you know, everybody, whether you're an entrepreneur, if you're a professional, if you're just somebody trying to garden in your yard, like whatever you're doing, we all take things on and we go all fully into them and then get completely overwhelmed. And then really, if you don't create those systems, you kind of get stuck in that place and aren't able to move past. Like you're creating your own hurdle, right? But I love that you've created that. Yeah, it was almost like because I had so much time on my hand, I said yes to a lot of things that I should never have said said Mm -hmm. yes to as far as like, hey, will you speak at this event? Or, um, hey, we are thinking about adding this product. Let's do this. And you go off on tangents and and, um, and just like get inefficient with your time. So when you're forced to say you are only able to put in this many hours of work because you are a mother now you have responsibilities of being there for your child and giving them the attention that they deserve um you know with their home from school or they're being put to bed at night mm-hmm. um you know it got a few weeks ago I found myself getting frustrated when I was putting Asher to sleep because he wasn't doing it fast enough and I was like you should be cuddling with your child and not worrying about how long it takes for him to go to sleep and I, I literally told myself, I am no longer working at night because I don't want to have the pressure of forcing Asher to get in bed and like running through this little bedtime story with him all because I'm trying to get to my computer to answer an email. Yeah. So it sounds like it's time. really changed. Being a mom has really changed the way you think about your business. Precisely. Um, it, it definitely has. It's, it's shown me what's important. Um, you know, what's, what can wait I don't have to respond to an email immediately. It is okay to segment and do those things within that time period. People will not be upset that you did not respond to them immediately. Um, and you earn a different level of respect. It's almost kind of just like training the people um, that you work with on a daily basis what, the, what they can expect from you if you 
keep yourself in those boundaries. We are talking to Heather Vreeland of the Celebration Society. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about what it takes to make it all happen and get Heather's best advice on being a mom, being an entrepreneur, and just generally getting stuff done. All right, and we are back with Heather Vreeland, the co-founder of Occasions Media Group and Asher's Mom. And Heather, I want to ask you in our last segment about how you make it all happen. So we talked about the you know history of how you created your business. We've talked about becoming a mom and how that's impacted your life. But we have so many women that are and men probably that are listening who are hearing that story and saying, yes, but you know, you're almost 10 years into this journey. And so it makes sense that you have systems. But how do I even get started? So what would you say to somebody who has a cool vision like you did in 2004 and just doesn't even know how to get started? Oh, that's a deep question. Um, I would say you have to, um, if you have a good idea and you've really thought long and hard about how you're going to monetize the idea, um, that's the biggest thing is making sure that the idea that you have is going to be worth your time. When you go into business, this is time that you're taking away from your children, from your husband, from your family. Um, so I, constantly and stressing, like, let's make sure this is a profitable venture because otherwise, why are we doing this besides it being, you know, a hobby? Um, you know, once you've got those things narrowed down, uh, my biggest um, recommendation is to put blinders on. You know, you have to get off Facebook and get off Instagram and um, and eliminate the comparison factor that's out there. Like, mm-hmm. um there are going to be other people just like you that have a business just like you. And you're always going to think somebody's doing it better than you and that somebody is more successful than you are and that, you know, somebody is um, doing something better than you. And that will drag you down. That is a weight that um, is expensive for your business. And it'll um, put, it'll just, I have found that with my business, if I, if I'm on Instagram, I find myself getting off Instagram feeling worse about myself mm-hmm. uh, because there's always somebody that's, that you are going to perceive to be doing better than you. So if you've got a good idea, keep your nose to the ground, focus on your to-do list of what you need to do to get it off and running and keep going. And and don't be worried about what somebody might think or saying like to your friend, hey, I'm thinking about starting this business. What do you think? Chances are they don't have the same intel that you have on why you got the great idea to start the business. And if they give you an ounce of doubt, um, that could be toxic to your idea. So, um, you know, do your due diligence, um, but, you know, keep your ideas to yourself. I think that's that, and that advice does not come from me. I actually heard that through an interview uh, Sarah Blakely did from Spanx. Mm-hmm. She was like, I didn't tell people that I was making pantyhose that I was cutting off the ankles of because they were looking <laughs> at me like I was crazy, but I knew I wasn't crazy. So I just didn't tell people. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love, love, love what you're saying. And I think it's hard sometimes. I mean, you know, cause we live in the same town. I started something mm-hmm. called She is Fierce, right? It sounds a little crazy yeah. <laughs> until you know what it is. And yeah. so I completely understand what you're talking about. And I think there's that point that you get to where you keep it to yourself and you kind of get your nose to the ground and you figure out what you're doing. And then there's that point where you actually do have to tell people and you have to deal with mm-hmm. people who go, well, what is that? And like, why do you yeah. think you should do that? Or, you know, so-and-so is doing it and they're already doing it better. So why would you try? I'm sure you've experienced that. I'm sure you've seen other people experience that. 
Have you, you know, ever had to offer advice to somebody and say, hey, here's why it's okay for you to do it too? Um, yeah, constantly. I mean, we're talking, uh, one of my biggest beliefs is, is the universe is abundant. There is so much business out there and there are so many people out there who need everyone's services that, um, you know, being fearful of competition, being fearful of like, is there room in the market for me? Um, obviously, yes, those are important questions to ask yourself, but, um, if you're, I just, I've always just, the more I tell myself that this world is a very abundant world and that there is plenty of business out there, I find myself able to just focus on my business, stay in my lane, stop worrying about what my competition is doing. I think there's a quote out there that says, like, the, the competition to be feared is the person who's not worried, is your competitor who doesn't care what your business is or, like, mm. doesn't care about you. Yeah. And I forget what the exact phrase is, but, like, that's the best. That's the comp- competitor to be feared is the one that doesn't care about their competition. Mm. Um, and that's the thing that you have to remember is, um, you know, especially in St. Augustine, it is a small town, um, but there, it's a big town. <laughs> it's a really yeah, big town. So. Yeah. Well, and as you said, it's all about what you're putting out there and the opportunities that yeah. you're creating. And everyone has a unique voice. I think everyone brings a unique perspective. You know, like when we came to St. Augustine, there was a St. Augustine magazine. But we have a completely different look, a unique voice, and a different appeal, and that is okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same thing goes with, you know, you and She is Fierce. There's a lot of communities out there for women. But mm-hmm. you, Kelly, bring a very specific, unique purpose that no other person, no other person has the same perspective that Kelly has. Same as no other person has the same perspective and the same life experiences that I have. And... Um, you know, what we bring to the table is, is different and unique and obviously, um, you know, help. Yeah, it makes it a so. little bit special. Heather, you know, we're coming to the end of the interview, and I really want to just ask you, if you could tell the women in our She is Fierce audience, all the people that are listening to this, one thing, what message would you share with them? Um, I would say that I would love to see um, women um, continue on a path to support each other and have um, – you know, compassion over comparison. Uh, I talked about it before that comparison is the thief of joy. I, I wholeheartedly believe that comparison is the thief of everything. When you are comparing yourself to somebody, you're judging that person and it doesn't allow you to celebrate them. And what I want is I want to see more women celebrating each other and less women judging each other. And I think that even though we've come so far, um, there still is um, damage within, um, you know, female relationships. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to see a lot of that cleaned up and, and allow women to sell each, celebrate each other, our differences, um, what's unique about us, our businesses. Celebrate if there's a new wedding, if you're a wedding planner and a new wedding planner opened up, it is okay because this world is abundant and there's plenty of business for them to have and plenty of business for you to have and celebrate them. And, and less tearing down, more more lifting up. I would love to see that. Oh, that's a wonderful message to end on. And I, I love what you're saying. And I, I know even within the She is Fierce community, one of the biggest bits of feedback that we get is exactly what you're saying, which I never would have anticipated when we started it. And it's that people come in there like, hey, this is a place where we're not comparing each other. We're not tearing each other down. And surprisingly, there aren't that many places like that. So I just love your message. I just want to thank you again, Heather. I think it was such an inspiring talk. And I hope that the women who are listening to this are inspired by your story of just 
coming up with a fun idea and now turning that into something really big and impressive 10 years later and being a mom and making it all happen. So thank you again. You are very welcome. I so appreciate you having me on the show. And you can check out Heather's work at com or celebrationsociety.com for a little wedding or lifestyle inspiration, or to see what's possible with a vision and a lot of hard work if your dream has always been to jump into the magazine world. And as always, jump over to sheisfiercehq.com forward slash join to learn more about the She Is Fierce membership community and join women in eight countries around the world who are up-leveling their lives right now. And you can check out Heather's work at com or celebrationsociety.com for a little wedding or lifestyle inspiration, or to see what's possible with a vision and a lot of hard work if your dream has always been to jump into the magazine world. And as always, jump over to sheisfiercehq.com forward slash join to learn more about the She Is Fierce membership community and join women in eight countries around the world who are up-leveling their lives right now. Can't wait to talk to you again next week.